Good morning, church. I hope all is well back home. All is well, yeah? As we continue to pray for the circumstance we find ourselves in. But good morning, and um, some good news, and you know it by now, is Lord willing we can go back to church on the 6th of September. My prayer is that we would go back in a way that shows that we are zealous for God. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to continue with part two of the sermon, Zealous for God. I'm excited. I hope you all are excited. But when we go back, let's go back with the greatest commandment is to love our Father with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And the second is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Let's be mindful of that. And let's also go back with a zealous attitude, one that wants to serve, one that's hungry to learn the word, hungry to grow in the word, and hungry to walk humbly and obediently with our God. So let's enjoy this morning now. I invite you all to turn with me to Titus chapter 2. I'm going to continue in, or continue with Titus chapter 2, reading from verse 11, as I continue with our topical sermon, Zealous for God. Verse 11, Paul writes to Titus, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. We don't become zealous for good works. We are zealous for good works. So let, let's look at, let's continue to look at are we zealous for good works? Let's pray. Father, thank you that I can be here this morning. I can continue to preach your word from our lounge to the church's lounge. And I pray, Father, that this would be the last. And I pray that you would, in your grace and mercy, in your love and compassion, bring us back to worship you in the flesh on the 6th of September. But Father, for now, Give me wisdom to focus on the sermon this morning. Give me wisdom to preach it faithfully, to exalt Jesus' name, and also, Father, to be clear. But also work in the hearts of the congregation to, to become zealous. We should be zealous. Every day we should be zealous for you, Father, and for you, Jesus, and for you, Holy Spirit. So help us now, Father. Help us all to enjoy the sermon and enjoy the day. I pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As you know, last week I preached on part one, Zealous for God. And, and how is your zeal this morning? Did part one help um, your zealous for God? And if it didn't and you're back here this morning, well, that's great. Because you're in the right place and it shows that you want to listen to the sermon this morning so that you can become more zealous for God. And it's important that we, we are zealous for God. 
It's important because that brings glory and honor to God. And, and, and the word zealous, I mean someone who supports something with great energy, great zeal, having great enthusiasm, especially in connection with work or religion. And our zealous is for God and for doing His work. Now, if the Lord permits us to go back on the 6th, which that's our plan, to worship in the flesh, are we excited? Are we zealous? Like I said last week, or have we become complacent? Have we become comfortable in our lounges, in our beds, in our homes? It's nice and cozy. Or are we ready to go back to church, zealous for our Heavenly Father? And, and let, let's be honest, these last five months and the months to come, still going to be hard. We're still in this COVID-19 scenario. But has it drowned your zeal for God? Has it taken away being zealous for God? Has this virus dampened your zealous for God? Because this virus has done a lot of damage. It's, people have lost jobs. People have died. Loved ones have died. And amongst that, there's corruption. People think they can just abuse people. And the sad thing is, there's just, with corruption, there's just no dignity for people anymore. There's no respect for people anymore. We don't even know how to look each other in the eye and, and see each other as human beings. And you know what the reason is because of that? It's because we have forgotten God. Yes, there will always be corruption, but not to the point where, where there's so much suffering because of this virus that people keep on stealing and being corrupt and taking advantage of the situation. And that, that definitely dampers your, your zealous for life in generally. But as Christians, we, we should not allow these things to rob us of our zeal for God. So as we live in this fallen world, in this perverse world, we should be zealous for God, in spite of what's going on, in spite of what we read in the news, in spite of what we read in the papers. I know of two great saints, Old Testament saints, who were in probably worse situations than us. And that is Mordecai and Esther. I encourage you to read the book of Esther today sometime. Or read some of the chapters, especially chapters 4, 5, 6. There's 10 chapters. It should take you an hour if you have to find some time. Sit down and read through the book of Esther. But here are two great men and women of God. Man, Mordecai, woman, Esther. And, and how they show that they are zealous for God. Mordecai was a Jew. He heard how one of the, the king's men, Haman, was going to plot to destroy the Jews. And what did he do? Did he, did he run away? No, he, he tore his clothes. He put on sackcloth and ashes and went up to the entrance of the king's gate where no one was allowed. But there he wept and mourned 
And with loud cries, he cried out. What caused him to do that? What caused him to do that was he was zealous for God. He believed that God in his sovereignty had providentially ordered him to be there. He, he, he trusted in God's providence and God's promises from his word. That is what energized him. His relationship with God and, and, and he knew who God was, this, the great creator God who is sovereign over the universe, who providentially controls everything. He put his trust in, in God and his zeal was there. He was zealous to do something. And what does he do? He goes to Esther. Now you need to know that Esther is, was elected to be a queen next to the king. Because Queen, um, queen Fashti, she disobeyed and, and she lost her place as queen and was replaced by Esther. And now Esther is the queen and he knows and the king doesn't know Esther is a Jew. And Esther is a Jewish lady. And he also believes there God has put Esther in his sovereign will. He has put her there providentially because he's ordering the events of Esther's life. He's orchestrating everything. And he's put her in this position, there to be in this position, to help deliver the Jews. This, this man, Mordecai, has so much faith. And he talks to Esther and Esther takes action. She decides to go visit the king without his permission. Again, what, what, does her, what, what gets her to do this? Well, zealous for God. Verse 16 of Esther chapter 4 says, I will go to the king though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. She's willing to lay down her life for her Jewish folk. She's zealous for God. She even risked her life of being identified as a Jew. She runs the risk of losing her life altogether. And she does this because she's zealous for God. People who are zealous for God, like Esther, show remarkable courage and wisdom and strength. They act in a crisis with peace and calmness. Why? Because in the situation, they want to display the power of God and God's grace and mercy. See, this is how Esther reacted to the crisis. She was zealous for God and she reacted because she was zealous. And God in his providence came through for Esther. The king listened to her. He didn't take her head off. He listened to her and he allowed the Jews to defend themselves. And in God's providence, the Jews had victory over their enemies. Like I said, read the book of Esther. Be encouraged and see Mordecai and Esther, how zealous they were for God. Because in this beautiful book, you see God's providence. Like someone said, the unseen hand of God at work. And the same person says, the author conveys in this book of Esther that God is able to deliver and protect his people through the providential ordering of circumstances, not just through dramatic miracles. Today we get caught up so much in wanting to see miracles that we forget God is beautifully and wonderfully in his providence orchestrating everything which is far greater than a miracle. Let's fix our eyes on God 
And let's now look to God's word once again to ignite our zeal, to ignite our hearts to be zealous for God. Let's look to our King, Jesus Christ. And let's rejoice in the glory of Jesus Christ, our heavenly King. And let's be zealous for Him. Let's be zealous for His Father. But before we go look at our, our second um, fact that I want to look at to help us to become zealous for God, I, I want to just briefly look at our first fact. Fact. Just to summarize our first fact. Just to remind us of what we looked at last week. And we saw our first fact, which came from Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 14. And our first fact was, we are supposed to be zealous for God. We are supposed to be zealous for God. And, and this is what we, we want to look at this morning. We, 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 we are saved from lawlessness. We, we are saved from sin, from death, to live a zealous life for God. Each one of us here this morning, each one of us is zealous for something. There is zeal in our blood, there is zeal in our veins, there is natural zeal. But this is not the zeal we want to look at. We, we, we are not called to rely the natural things to, to grow our zeal. And there is nothing wrong with allowing things to make us zealous. But our zeal, to grow our uh, a zeal for God, to be zealous for Him, should be from God Himself. God is the one that has poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us, who indwells us. He's poured out within our hearts His love through the Holy Spirit. He's given to us the Holy Spirit to stir us up to become zealous, because we can't do it on our own. To the glory of God, which is what we need to be doing. It's His Word alone that should feed us to be zealous for God. But sadly, we do not always have hearts ablaze to be zealous for God, for His glory. Our moods get in the way. When we're down, we're not zealous. When we're up, we're zealous. And that sometimes is a superficial zealous. We lie the wrong things to make us enthusiastic for the things of God. It should be God alone and His Word alone that should cause us to always be zealous for Him and to be zealous in this life. So what should real or true zeal look like? Well, true zeal in God, God-centered zeal, that's what it should be. It's true zeal is God-centered zeal. It's to Him we look to, to, to ignite and have a blazing zeal for Him. To be zealous for Him. I mean, how can we not have, have zeal for God? How can we not be zealous for God when in this passage, um, Paul writing to Titus tells us that Jesus gave Himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for Himself a people for His own possession who are zealous for good works. We're supposed to be zealous for God, for good works. Without, without excuse. And before I move on to our second fact, I just have to think of Joseph. He was zealous for God. And because he was zealous for God, he got through all the sufferings and trials that were thrown at him. Think about it. At 16, again on 17, he gets thrown into a pit by his brothers who treat him with cruelty. They want to kill him, but they decide, no, 
let's just sell him to this caravan coming along, which was the Ishmaelites. And, and, he's, and they sold him to the Ishmaelites. And then the Ishmaelites sold Joseph to Potiphar in Egypt. And what did Joseph do? Did he walk around with a long face the rest of his life? Did he mope? Did his lip hang? No. He kept looking to God. He kept his eyes fixed on God, the creator God, the author of his life. And he kept being zealous for God. And he worked in Potiphar's house wholeheartedly unto the Lord. And the Lord caused all that Joseph did to succeed in his hands. Why? Because he was zealous for God. And it was his relationship alone that made him zealous for God. And our relationship alone should make us zealous for God in this life as well. It's, it's how much time are you spending in the Word to grow your relationship with God, to get to know Him, to trust Him. And this is what Joseph did. Because he, he trusted God. That showed in how, how zealous he was for God in what he did. God was his helper. And we need to work at being zealous for God. None of this is easy. So this first fact to help us to become zealous for God is important. It's important to know that, our, that we need to be zealous for God. And we need to turn to God and, and get him to help us. So let's look now at our second fact to help us to become zealous for God. And this Second fact is to know that we are supposed to live our lives zealous for God. If we are zealous for God, then, then we will live our lives zealous for God. Like I said, you, you look at verses 11 to 14 of this passage, and as you look at verse 14, Jesus who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. How can we not be zealous? We are saved to be zealous, to, to live our lives zealous for God before the all-present, all-known, all-powerful, all-loving, all-seeing God. But how, how do we become zealous for God? Well, you've heard me talk about keep your eyes on God, go to His Word, and we need to do that. I mean, look at going to His Word a little bit deeper later on in the sermon. But if you find yourself in a position that you're not zealous for God and you want to be zealous for God, well, then you are at the right place before the sermon to stir you up, to help you to become zealous for God. Because that's what I want. I want myself and all of us to be zealous for God, no matter what comes about. And how we do this is we need to start in prayer. We need to pray about it. We need to we need to we need to take our zeal. We need to take our being zealous for God and pray to God. Why? Because zeal is a gift from God. Love is a gift. Joy is a gift. Self-control, compassion, humility, all gifts are from God. Scripture says every good thing and every perfect gift is from above. And we need to go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Because zeal is a grace of God and it's a grace from God. And, and therefore it cannot be earned or bargained. We need to ask our Heavenly Father 
to grow the seal and to help us to become zealous for good works. Pray for humility and pray in humility and in reverence for this zeal to become zealous. Pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying we must pray and then sit back and expect something to happen and you're automatically going to become zealous. No. You, you've got to pray and then you've got to work to be zealous for God. It's like praying to proclaim and to share God's word boldly. You, you're going to go meet a friend and you want to... And, 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 and you're going to now go and share the good news. You're going to go and share Christ crucified with them. What should you do? Well, you should pray for boldness. You should pray that, that you would speak the truth in love. That you would speak it boldly and courageously before this person. Not in arrogance. Not in smartness or cleverness. Just boldly in love. It's the same as in Acts chapter 4. When the church prayed for boldness. Because they were being persecuted. They didn't pray, Lord, take away the persecution. They prayed, no, Lord, give us the boldness and the courage to continue proclaiming and witnessing for Christ Jesus, His name and His words. This is what you're praying for when it comes to being zealous for God. You're praying that when you have these opportunities to be zealous for God, which should be every day, so that you can be zealous for good works, for the glory of God. And we need to pray for that. And the reason why we don't get what we want at times and what we would like is because we don't ask. When last have you and I sat down and prayed, God, help me to become zealous. Today I'm going out into this fallen world. This COVID-19 has really depressed me, has made me sad and despondent. What's going on? Help me just to remain zealous for you. To shine your light and your salt or to be the salt and light and shine your light into the lives of people. Shine your glory into the lives of people. We need to pray to be zealous for God. But there's another thing we need to do. We can't just pray. We also need to go to God's Word. We need to read the Scriptures. We need to, we need to go to the Scriptures so they can... Give us the hope. They can encourage our hearts. That, that God's word can encourage our hearts to become more zealous for Him. See, our faithful reading of the scriptures daily nurtures and feeds our zeal to become zealous for God. Reading the scriptures with the help of the Holy Spirit, you've got the word and the Holy Spirit working together, will feed our zeal for God makes us zealous for Him, which He graciously placed in our hearts. None of the, the Christian life is lived, God, make me love, and then God makes you love. God, make me joyful, and then you're joyful. No, we pray and we become proactive. We've got to go to the Scriptures. We've got to then put what we read into practice. This is what makes it so hard. And it's hard, it's difficult to be zealous for God when things are not going well around us and there's suffering and there's pain. I just think of Paul. What, what caused him to be zealous for God? He was thrown in prison. Most of his letters come from being in prison. 
prison letters like Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians. He wrote Timothy and Titus from prison. Second Timothy was his last letter. It was on his deathbed, basically. But what caused him to be zealous for God through all these times? It was reading the scriptures. It was him interacting with the Old Testament as he wrote the New Testament letters. This is what caused and stirred up Paul to be zealous. This is what caused him to break out into a doxology often in his letters. Well, look with me as I look at 1 in 1 Timothy chapter 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners which I am the foremost for rights of himself but I received mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life and what does Paul do he breaks out into a doxology he breaks out and he says to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor, glory, forever and ever. Amen. It's God's word, God's scriptures that, that stir us up to be zealous for God and to break out into these praises of worship to our Heavenly Father. That is what will ignite our, our zeal, the, the scriptures. But what about fellowshipping? Why do, we, why do we go to church? Why do we go to home fellowship group? Why do we go to prayer meetings? Because fellowship also encourages our hearts and helps us to, to grow and become more zealous for God. We can't just rely on prayer and reading the word. Now we need to interact with, with each other. Now we need to stir each other to love and good works. And we need to stir each other up to be zealous, to become zealous for God. Because it's easy to become complacent and, and, and tired and, and, and just wanting to do nothing because I'm tired, I'm tired. Aren't we tired of saying those things? Surely we should be zealous for God no matter how we feel because we always rely on our feelings and our emotions to get in the way. When God wants you to do something for the church, what is your attitude? What is my attitude? Is it done zealous for God? That's why we brothers and sisters, we meet. That's why I encourage you to, to stir up your hearts through praying, through the scriptures, to become zealous for God, to be, to, be, to be zealous for God when we return, Lord willing, on the 6th. To break away from allowing our bedrooms and our lounges and our homes to, to cause us to, this to become our comfort zone. No, go to scriptures, read the scriptures and pray and interact with brothers and sisters in Christ so we can become zealous for God, that we can meet and we can, and we can help each other. Just like a fire needs to be stoked to be kept ablaze, so we need one another to stimulate one another, to encourage each other, to keep on being zealous for God. Like I said in Hebrews 10, it says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together. And it's when we don't assemble together is that when we become less zealous for God and for the things generally.
fellowship is so important. That's why the four things we're going to focus on going back to church is in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 is the teaching of the apostles, preaching from the sacred scriptures, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. That is what ignites our zeal and helps us to become zealous for God, helps us to embrace Christ, and then His love causes us to want to go out there and be zealous for Him. Prayer meetings are probably the most beautiful the most beautiful place to be in because there you hear people praying for you, which encourages you and stirs up your heart to be zealous for God. And when you're feeling down and you share it, people pray you back up. God's grace lifts you off the ground and helps you. If we desire to be zealous for God, then we should make much of praying, reading God's word and having fellowship with one another. And I pray that, that we will become zealous for God. More zealous than we've ever been. That we will listen to what Paul has to say. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then Paul goes on to say, this is what God wants you to do in your marriage, in your parenting, and in your work. And with all of that, He wants you to be zealous for Him. Marriage can be tough. Parenting can be tough. Workplace can be sometimes the worst place to be. But there He wants us still to be zealous in our marriage, in our parenting, and in the workplace, in the world. He wants us to be zealous. He wants us to, to be like Joseph. Joseph was zealous for good works because he was zealous for his God. He had, a, he had a beautiful, intimate relationship with his God. It was genuine. It was sincere. And that drove him to be zealous for God in his good works. How can we, how can we not be zealous for God where we are told that Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from lawlessness, from wickedness, from sin, from, from being focused on self, and he need to purify himself, a people for his own possession, you belong to Jesus. You are His so that you can be zealous for good works. Um, somewhere along the line here, there is, it talks about you know, Christ Jesus died for us. That, that, that we who live in Him may no longer live for ourselves, but for Him who for our sake died and was raised. For us to live zealously for Him. So as we as we look at the second fact, will we become zealous to God, for God? Will we become and live our lives zealous for God? We're supposed to live our lives zealous for God. Every day, every day living our lives zealous for God. Will we take these two facts that we've looked at and we've heard now this morning? The first one. Are we supposed to be zealous for God? The second one, we're supposed to live our life zealous for God. Will we be encouraged to become zealous for God? I know, like I said last week, when you finish listening to the sermon, you're going to do your own thing. You're going to go down to the shops, maybe, whatever. And your zealous will wane. But it's a fight. That's what's the beautiful thing about the Christian. It's a fight to be zealous for God. We are His possession. Zealous for good works. 
And that's why I've encouraged us, this entire lockdown, is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, who, who, who was zealous for his Father, set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There's our example. There's a, a man, the perfect man, the son of man, the son of God, Jesus, who showed us how to be zealous. He's our example. Look to him. See how he was zealous for his father. How he lived zealously for his father in spite of all the sufferings, in spite of the pain, and in spite of going to the cross to be crucified for sinners. The righteous man dying for the unrighteous man to bring us to his father, to worship him, to be zealous for him. Will we become zealous for God? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to preach your word, to allow your word to examine our hearts, to see if we are zealous for you so we can become zealous. And forgive us, Father, if we're not. Forgive us if our zealous and our zeal is temporary, that it wanes with the, the, the times we live in, that when things go well, we are zealous. When things don't go well, we're not zealous. So help us, Father. Help us to please look to Jesus. Help us to look to you, to, to plead with you, to make us and to help us to become more zealous. Maybe go to your word and allow your word to stir us up to become more zealous. And I pray that as we approach Sunday the 6th, we will come zealous for you, focused on Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who gave himself up for us to redeem us from every lawless thing and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. My prayer is that, Father, you would be merciful to us and be gracious to us and help us to grow in our zealous for you, to be zealous for you. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to close with the, that lovely benediction again. And we need this and we, we need God to help us. Numbers 6, 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And God's children say, Amen. Lord willing church, we see each other on the 6th of September in the flesh, united together in Christ. To come and worship our Father in Christ Jesus by the power of His Spirit. Enjoy your day.